Take five. The people you love play five songs they love and tell you why. Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros pretty much landed into the scene with this song. It was all over the radio, on soundtracks to films, you can still hear it popping up on TV ads. It grabbed at our heartstrings too, and frontman Alex Ebert charmed whenever he dropped into the studio. Right now on The Take 5, we're digging into the archives, and while I take a break, I'm sharing some of my favourite conversations that were only ever heard once on Triple J. It was in 2012 that I asked Jade Castronos and Alex Ebert in to take five. Yep, that's the Jade and Alexander from the song. They were wrapping up a huge tour with Mumford and & Sons and made some time to come by and share their songs from the road. Their list was brilliant. It's a perfect road trip soundtrack and it kicked off with Alabama Shakes. Bless my I asked Jade where Hold On took it. Well, it's just like they're a pretty classic band and we, we were able to play some festivals with them and watch from the side of the stage, which sort of felt like we were watching like a living legend sing. I don't know. Brittany's so young too. She's in 23, isn't she? Yeah, she's awesome. And when you were seeing her on stage, were you just like watching her night after night when you played? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I teared up every time. <laughs> Sign, isn't it that you can just keep on seeing a band and still be affected? Do you often like watch bands from side of stage that you're touring with, or do you get sick of it and just hang out playing ping pong or doing something else? It depends. Ping, if ping pong is there, that's a that's a tough call. That's a that's a rival headliner yeah. right there. But um, it's it's kind of a magical thing when you when you go to a you know a festival after festival and then you're sitting there playing ping pong or something or sleeping <laughs> in your bus. Mm. And you hear something that really strikes you and pulls your ear and, and, and pulls you out of bed and, and you go watch something that you think is really uh, amazing. So it's a bit of a mix of both, but it's always a special thing. It's, I don't make a habit of just watching every band that, that plays a festival that, that we play with. You know, It's mm. more eventful and I think uh, continues to be special in that way every time we see something that, that's really awesome. So we live life like a video. Where the sun is always out and you never get old And the champagne's always cold and the music's always good And the pretty girls just happen to stop by in the hood Jay-Z, Forever Young, or Young Forever as he called it, his choice is this. Ah, uh, that would have to be mine. Why this song? How does it, where does it take you? It takes me everywhere. <laughs> Correct answer. Uh, I'm a big Jay-Z fan, so uh, one time we were at Coachella and he was there and so I sort of like spotted him from afar and asked a security guard if I could say hello, and then I raised up my hand and he high-fived me. <sighs> that's, so... that's maybe half the story, though. The, 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 one of the cool parts of the story is that everyone was... We had just played a show, our mm. first Coachella show, and we had a really good slot right around just nearing sunset, and we played to, I think, still the biggest amount, the biggest crowd, like 35,000 people. Wow. And, and it was this... Had a really profound impact, you know, like just like all of these people, sort of all that energy... 
And then afterwards, we found out very quickly, Jay-Z's watching the whole show. Jay-Z and Beyonce, they're watching the whole show. They and love then, them some indie music, don't they? Yeah, they, they love they, watching they, side of stage. They go run around and check out all the like, you know. And so JD, we have this great video. And JD just walks right up to Jay-Z and gives him this big old high five. And Jay-Z's got this big old grin on his face. And well, then I was like, and Beyonce is beautiful. Tell her. And then, <laughs> and then he, he let me go say hi to Beyonce. Amazing. Was she beautiful and yes. nice and everything you'd hoped for? She's so good. She's just they're perfect, they're perfect, aren't they? They're just perfect. You guys must tour a lot. Is being on the road your new normal? Does it just feel like it's you know part and parcel of every yeah. day? Yeah, we were just talking about yesterday or the day before how we don't. We were just joking about how we don't know anyone anymore. But the only people we really know are the people in the band. And I was explaining, no, no, no. I have uh, some 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 best friends. You know, non-musician best friends that I've been reconnecting with them. Well, I haven't actually reconnected. We haven't seen each other, but <laughs> the theory is there. And I, you know, I texted them and. You know, so we're gonna. You know, we're still friends. Uh, and you actually, I, I like Tesla. We're, we're still, fr- you know, we're still. F- you know, hey man, like, you know, <laughs> because you're never home, so you never really get to see these people that um, were staples of your life before you started touring. Mm. Do you write a lot of songs when you're on the road, given that you don't have that much time yeah. at home? Yeah, all the time. Do you think that they have a rambling quality to them because of that, that they've got this sense of movement and a sort of traveling quality? I mean, to me, I think that the first album has a very traveling quality. And that was before we started touring. But I think that's because I was projecting that sort of like really, really wanting that sort mm. of um, the word that got brought up a lot with us and with our detractors, I guess, ramshackle. <laughs> and and what we wanted to achieve was something that was sort of ramshackle, like a moving uh, house. And I think that we've um, achieved that to some to some degree. And it's it's a great feeling, you know. Yeah, and in a positive way too, I'd say, away from the detractors. It sounds great. Yeah. It sounds like you guys are having a party. There's yeah. a lot of you. There's a lot of movement. You're just throwing it all in there and having a ball. Yeah. Before we move away from Jay-Z, I wanted to check in with you about Hip Hop Alex. Because oh, yeah. You're a big fan when you're a teenager and kind of yeah. wanted to be a rapper, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He he was. He still is a rapper. Yeah, I'm, I'm st- you know, I'm still a rapper, <laughs> you know. You've got your cap on backwards at the moment, I should share. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it is a trucker hat, but still, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah. You're a hillbilly rapper. Yeah, you know, I mean, and... <sighs> And yet, when I hear uh, like that Jay Z song, I, I it's just just out of reach mm. for me. Like I, I it it doesn't feel like uh, the hip hop that I'm familiar with necessarily. Although one of his new songs, off in Paris or mm. whatever, is pretty lyrically like a very like robust song. <laughs> I'm liable to go Michael, take your pick. Jackson. Jordan. Tyson. No. Game six. Jordan, game six, but yeah. Sensing a side project. No 
In fact, I was going to bring, um, I have some hip-hop, sort of road hip-hop stuff. My very first album or tape was uh, Run DMC, Tougher Than Leather. So good. So good. And anyway, getting into the lyrics and all that in the back of my dad's van while he'd be driving us on a family road trip, like, wherever. And that memory is, will always stick with me. It's one of my most distinct memories. Did the whole family listen to it, or did you just have it on no, the No, no, it's just in my headphones. Just bobbing no. away. My dad couldn't stand uh, that stuff. He couldn't understand the lyrics, and so... Even to this day, our music, he's like, all right, send me it, but, you know, I have to send him the lyrics as well, because otherwise... So he sits there with the music, with the sheet of paper, and listens to the album. I've seen him do it. Reading along. Yeah, yeah. That's really cute. Yeah. Was he a fan of Willie Nelson? Oh, yeah. Huge fan of Willie Nelson. There was a song called, um, May- Maybe it's time we get back to the basics of love. It's Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings. And- Let's go to Luke and Buck, Texas. they're talking about each other and how and it's sort of this loving song right as we pulled in my dad's filming he's doing super eight while driving this is a he this is a man he cut his gruyere cheese and salami in his lap like while driving with his knees like you know uh these these crazy roads and we were in a place called uh, oatman which is in california which is an old mining town that, that literally was got frozen in time and we walked up on or drove right up and we had to stop because in the middle of the street was a a gunfight, but it's a fake gunfight. Okay. But but it didn't look like a, it, these two cowboys just got in the middle of the street for fun, I guess, or for show, and did this whole shootout reenactment while that song was playing about getting to the basics of love. And but yeah, Willie Nelson and Emmylou Harris and Johnny Cash, and he would explain all this stuff to me. Oh yeah, Johnny Cash, he didn't get along with his father, and he would tell me all these stories. Anyway, and so then we're on the uh, the train tour, as you know, us and Mumford and Old Crow were thinking about a song to play together, and one of the songs that came up was "On the Road Again," obviously, but mm. it seemed a little too on the head, so we chose something else. But JD said she had never heard this song "On the Road Again." Really? And I, and I was so blown away. Anyway, and then I think we must have played it for you. Or, you sang it. You sang it a cappella. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, okay. And then everybody joined in. But the lyrics are really perfect, and actually we're thinking about maybe trying to do that soon. It's got to be one of his most known songs. Yeah, it's by far his most famous song, except for like Crazy, Crazy mm. which, you know, he wrote. Um, but yeah, but uh, On the Road Again, we're the best of friends, like a band of gypsies, we roll down the highway and all these things. And it's just lyrically, it's a perfect song. The flaming lips, and do you realize? It's one of the great songs of the last 10 years, isn't it? That tune. Why did you choose yeah. it this morning for us? Well, first of all, 
Jade and I and the rest of the band have have witnessed uh, their show several times, uh, which is totally amazing. Mm. Yeah, which which is really really amazing. I mean, they really sort of go for it in this very naked sort of way that ends up with this massive payoff at the end, which is Do You Realize? And actually, now come to think of it, we played this song with them um, at a cemetery. I brought this big crystal bowl with us. Actually, you can go online and, and check out the, uh, there's some YouTubes of it and all that. But me being sort of like roasted in, um, in tour exhaustion, I'm sitting there doing the, you know, stirring this crystal bowl and making these sounds and he's playing Do You Realize? And I'm listening to the lyrics. And slowly I realize how appropriate it is that we're doing the song in this uh, cemetery. It hadn't dawned on me until the middle of the song, and then I'm just sort of overcome with the, uh, the beauty and power of that song. So, so ever since then, you know, we last saw them just, it was, I guess, just a month ago or something. And we just keep running into them. And through running into them, um, Wayne has uh, sort of reached out and, and been Wayne, which is to say uh, very um, hyperactively creative and trying to get me to go along with him on certain things here and there. And, and he was putting together a, uh, like some sort of collaboration album, you know, so he sent us this track and we did some singing over it and some noise over it and we had some fun with it and we sent it back. And then I get this text from him, I want your blood, go somewhere and send me your blood. <laughs> and I said, uh, you know, I was like, Haha, you know, this is just Wayne being, you know. Um, so I didn't respond. Then I get another text like, <laughs> give me your blood. <laughs> and I, I, I sort of like, ha ha, you know, like, yeah, give me your blood. You know? <laughs> And then uh, another text, where's the blood? We have a deadline. I was like, what are you using this blood for? You know? yeah. And then he's, he's like, we're going to mix it into the vinyl. And so I, I was like, well, that's a, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. That's your response. Yeah. No, like, no internally, I'm thinking that's a good idea. It's yeah. kind of genius. Yeah. But uh, maybe I, I want to do that. You know, maybe I should go, you know, but I don't want to go all the way to Oklahoma City or wherever he is and... Anyway, so I push it off and push it off and put, push it off until finally he's hitting up other members. He's like, it doesn't look, you know, he's trying to get Stuart, our, our horn player, to give him his blood. Um, you know, I told him I'd, I'd maybe give him some like, you know, blood that I can soak off of a hamburger or something. He's like, yeah, only if you don't tell anyone. I was like, well, no, because I have this stupid thing with the truth. And so I eventually, he got Stuart, he, he found someone in L.A., Wayne did, that volunteered to take our blood. Mm. And Stuart one day is like, all right, I'm going to get my blood taken. This is at midnight, like after a rehearsal. Uh, and, I, and, I finally, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go do this too. So we, we go to this very shady sort of street. It felt very like an odd vampiric mm. sort of like event. We went down these stairs and there's this med student who was in there. And he took our blood. And I remember my vein popped out of my... Uh, like a good like half inch off my and I was like, is this okay? Like, what's going on? You know, he's like, it's normal. Blah blah. blah. <laughs> Your body was ready to yeah. breathe. <laughs> anyway, they take our blood and uh, and we sent it. And I don't know what happened to it. Is the thing I don't know if it made it into the vinyl or not. You know, Wayne's just making a super race right now. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the other thing is like you know Orfeo who's in He's like, man, I wouldn't give my DNA to anybody. <laughs> Let them know you. Bye. 
speaking of playing at that cemetery as well, and do you realise, I'm sure, is a song that's repeated at a lot of people's funerals, the other song that I've had a friend tell me she's heard play at a funeral and a wedding is your song, Home, mm. which is amazing. And I'm sure that other people have told you this, that there's this song that you've written that has marks these incredibly huge occasions in, in people's lives. How does that feel? It's it's like incredibly humbling. It it really to contribute, as you said, in, in to people's lives like that is um it's unspeakably humbling is, is the is the, the word that comes to mind. It just feels like a world of, of gratitude because for me anyway, that's that's all I ever really want to do on earth here is is to contribute positively to people's lives really so to have sort of that kind of information come back to us about that song or about any song that we've done is um it's just sort of awe-inspiring and, it, and it's sort of dumbfounding and it, and it puts uh, to shame any of my sort of philosophies or sort of um certainties about this that or the other thing i don't know if what i'm saying makes sense but in other words it sort of washes my brain with sort of it, the thing that I'm that I want to do here, the the real kernel of uh, of accomplishment. Jay. Alexander. Do you remember that day you fell out of my window? I sure do. You came jumping out after me. Well, you fell on the concrete, and nearly broke your ass, and you were bleeding all over the place. And I rushed you out to the hospital. You remember that? Yes, I do. Well, there's something I never told you about that night. We're going to finish with a classic band, little-known band out of Liverpool called The Beatles. And two of us is where we're ending. Tell us about why you chose this song. JD and I experienced a little story with this song, uh, just driving around. We had a, a sort of very strange Thanksgiving at a friend of ours' house where we're a sort of dysfunctional family. And it involved, uh, this story is kind of funny. We, we were sitting, we were kind of getting away from the family in this dark living room that wasn't being used, one of those sort of living rooms that only is there for parties and it was dark. And so we're sitting in the corner and uh, the mother of our friend walks in sort of quietly and doesn't see us and just walks in slowly as a sort of shadow and goes to the f- hi-fi system and puts on a song just stands there and he, hello darkness my old friend <laughs> it was this really wild moment and then she just walked out and we were like whoa that was heavy you know? <laughs> Um, and uh, so anyway, we left that thing and we went driving around and we found this uh, beach with all these daisies, these yellow daisies all over the place. I think that's what they were. And anyway, we're playing that song. And, uh, and I think just thinking internally that, you know, it sort of referenced us in some ways and, uh, and the two of us sort of on our way home. And, and I don't know if we had written the song Home yet at that point. We're going home. A classic collection of road trip songs from Alex and Jade of Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. I remember thinking to myself at the time, 
if this guy starts a cult, I'm in, which actually calls to mind another Take Fiver who I'd follow anywhere, Kamasi Washington. Have you heard this Take Five? Oh man, the great jazz saxophonist and spiritual human did it about a year ago. And if you're curious, if you want to join a cult, such a beautiful conversation. You can find it also right here in your feed. I'll catch you next time as we dip into the Take 5 archives once again. Take 5! The Take 5 with Zan Rowe. Every week, hear the people you love. Hi, I'm John Jett. Hey, this is Nana Cherry. And I'm Taking 5. Talk about the five songs they love. Hear stories of discovery. And I heard this thing coming out of the speakers. I was like, oh my God, what is that noise? Wow. And the songs that changed how they saw the world. It just affected me deeply. I never knew rap could be that powerful. It's like a jungle. Join Zan Rowe and Take 5. Life 101 with Kimber and Zan. Pull up a chair. (laughs) Subscribe now.